Welcome to another session of the Video Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Sumner, and in today's episode, we are interviewing Tim Dixon from Shay. Welcome to the VP Podcast, Tim. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Okay, can you explain your role at Shape and what that entails? So my role, I guess, at Shape is um, my job title as such is Business Development Manager, um, but that can entail a lot of different things in our business. So um, I work in a lot of the front-end side of the business, bringing in sales leads, um, developing a sales pipeline, um, and then also work on strategies around different market sectors that we're currently working in and, and ones potentially we want to move into. So uh, that's a massive part of the role. And then obviously um, another part of the role is, is being out in the market, being the face of the company, uh, talking to clients, consultants, uh, people like yourself, um, and really promoting the business um, to obviously try and uh, gain more business and um, hopefully put our brand out there in a, in a positive light. Interesting. And how would you describe your journey getting to this position throughout your career? Uh, I've had a, my journey into the construction industry and, and working with shapes, probably not your traditional uh, way of, of becoming into this industry. Um, I'm, a, I'm a proud Kiwi and um, have been living in Brisbane now for about nine years. And prior to moving over to Australia, I actually worked in the sporting industry um, started out uh, working for a company that imported a number of global sporting brands and throughout my time there developed in, um, my skill sets and was I was in sales to start with and then started to, to move into other roles in the business. Um, and I actually really loved what I did and it was my, in my mind, it was my dream job. Uh, and I never ever sort of thought that I would steer away from that because I'm, I'm into my sport um, and working in the sporting industry to me was like doing something that I loved, like it was my pa- sports, my passion. And it wasn't until there was some major earthquakes in Christchurch in New Zealand where I was living that um, that kind of changed my, I guess, my path in terms of where I um, or how I am here today. So I sort of looked at um, my job as such that I had in New Zealand and the life that I had and the job was amazing, but my life at the time wasn't so much because of um, the living conditions. Um, I don't know not many people, I guess, experience uh, living in a um, in a city that's basically like a war zone. And I made the decision that you know I I just uh, I needed a change and I wanted to do something different. So I literally packed up um, what I had, um, moved out of my house, and packed up two two suitcases and moved to uh, moved to Brisbane. Um, and didn't really know what I was going to do when I got here, so I came over about, uh, before I actually settled here, I came over to see a friend and have a bit of a holiday, and that's how I I found Brisbane. I'd never been here before, and a mate said, come over, chill out with me, and, um, you know, just try and take your mind off what's going on back home, and I did that, and I was like, man, this is a really cool place. Um, I actually might think about moving here, so... I like everyone in the job market. You you know you go and talk to recruitment agencies and see what's out there. So I did that, and long story short, um, 
met up with a recruiter who thought I'd be good at working in recruitment and um, got offered a job um, in recruitment and I thought, oh, well, it's not really what I thought I'd be doing and I guess sales and, and that sort of thing translate over to, to recruitment. So this is a really long story, sorry. No, <laughs> but, it's, uh, it's interesting. But uh, I... I decided, okay, I'll come over to Australia, had had this job lined up and I thought, let's just see what happens. And um, I really actually enjoyed my time in recruitment and um, it got to the point, yeah, like every job these days has probation periods and my probation period was coming up and I remember having this conversation with my boss at the time. He said, you're doing a great job and love what you're doing and I would love to appoint you full-time employment. So... Um, it's funny how you have these sliding door moments at that about a week before my probation interview, a contact of mine in New Zealand reached out and heard that I was living in Brisbane. Um, and this is a contact from the sporting industry back in New Zealand and, and they have a, um, a business arm in Australia and they'd heard that uh, I was living here and um, one thing led to another and we got chatting and I got offered a job uh, working back in the sports industry in Australia and I thought, oh, this is great, like this is what I know and this is what I love and um, but it was a it was a slightly different path in the sports industry. It was um, there were a, a New Zealand company who have um, distribution rights for a number of global brands, but they also manufacture their own biking brands. And uh, I thought this is cool. I'm, I'm into my cycling. I love that. So I took the role, thinking this is me. This is this is just going to be like living in New Zealand, but in Australia and doing what I love. So I did that um, for about just over a year. And I got to this point in my life, I was like, ah, oh, I'm doing, I, I started to lose, lose the love for, for what I was, for the actual sport. And um, I sort of looked and I thought, oh, my life is all around sport. And, um, you know, I used to love getting up and jumping on my bike and going for big rides on the weekend. And I just lost the passion because it was what I was doing all day, every day. And I, I just needed a change. So I actually left that job um, and I'm not one to usually take, risks like this was a, a risk for me I suppose because I I was like uh, I'm out I'm just I've had enough um, and I resigned and didn't have any job to go to and I sort of uh, I needed that time just to I guess um, think about what I wanted to do and and I'd moved to Australia and I hadn't really seen any of the country hadn't even you know enjoyed my time as, as such in, in terms of traveling or just just chilling and doing nothing. So I bought a surfboard and um, uh, got into my surfing and did that for a little while. And I thought, oh, looked at the bank balance and I was like, oh, this is uh, this is depressing. So I thought, oh, I need to get a job. So I started jumping on seek, looking around, and um, there was a business that popped up. And I, at the time, I had no idea what they did. Did a little bit of research and and um, there happened to be a job advertised on seek and. I, like everyone, you throw your hat in the ring. I submitted my, my resume, and um, it was with a, a decorative surface um, company that's a Australian business, and they manufacture and a lot of their products here in Australia. And um, it wasn't until I did the research I actually found out that they're quite big in in the industry. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a cool cool brand and cool product. So I applied for a job. Long story short, got a job with them. Don't know how I did. And 
you know, I managed to wing it and get in there and uh, everyone else who had applied had years of experience in the construction industry and here I am, um, sports industry background, coming to work in a construction environment and going, uh, yeah, I don't actually know anything about this but I'll, I'll, um, I'll wing it and see how long I can wing it for. And so I worked for this business for less than six months and the role that I was in, I was bored and... I'd sort of um, hit all my targets and was sitting there twiddling my thumbs going, uh, yeah, I've made the worst decision ever on board. And the business recognised it and they, um, I guess, could see potential in where I would end up in that business. So um, they started to develop exposure for me into other areas of the business. And after only a short time, I moved into, I started off as a, um, actually account manager over at this business and um, before, not too long, I was then promoted into their commercial manager role, um, which oversaw obviously the commercial operation of the business and then um, a lot of their uh, specification part of their business as well. Um, And I had a team of roughly 12 to 15 staff um, and that sort of, I guess, put me in really good steads for how I came to be at Shape today because through that role I connected a lot um, with various people on the market as you can imagine and got a number of contacts and good relationships and um, quickly started to understand you know, how you can add value in this industry and and then like every job you know uh, you sort of get to a point where you're like oh, I want something else I need some I need change and uh, I, it was, <clears throat> it was one of those again another sliding door moment. I had a really bad week at work, and um, decided I'll jump on seek and have a look, see what's happening, see what the market's doing. And I always, I'm always a big advocate for that. I, I think it's very important to see what the market's doing, even if you're not looking for a job. It's always good to know what competitors or all the market's doing in terms of employment. So, jumped on, had a look. And I'd heard about this company called Shape and um, done a lot of research about them and it just looked like a really fun place to work. And um, I spoke to a few recruitment agencies who had who'd done a, a bit of recruiting for this business and, and they couldn't, you know, they said very high things about the, about the company. I thought, nah, long shot, I'd never ever have, have a chance getting a job with Shape. And um, I, th- I, I was travelling to, I was about to go on um, holiday to Bali um, and this job came up and I <clears throat> I threw my resume in thinking, ah, nothing will come of that. Anyway, two and a half weeks in Bali, come home and um, I literally, I think it was the second day back at my at work and I got a phone call um, to say we want to um, want to come and interview you and, and we'd love to chat further. And long story short, it was a very long process to, to become um, an employee at Shea, but I think it was about five interviews and business plans and all those sorts of things that you you do to get these roles. And um, again, coming into shape, I was kind of first day. I was like, okay, cool. I know the, I know people. I know the industry. I know what I've come from. But we're a builder, and um, I, was like, I don't really know how to build stuff. Like I'm, I'm not a builder. <laughs> um, so how am I gonna how am I gonna um, you know sell the business in a way that's um, you know, adds value and uh, puts the the brand in good light. And 
um, shape was shapes very understanding around that. Their philosophy is they they employ on um, cultural fit first and technical ability second. So I was like, Phew, okay, I can relax now. And obviously, they think I'm a decent human, so um, that's a, that's a tick. And um, yeah, I, uh, I've been with Shape now for three and a half years, and and love it. And um, every day is different. Um, and yeah, the business is um, is is what I led was led to believe on the outside as well. It's a um, I don't know how you describe it. It's kind of it's it is that there's a lot of talk in the industry and um, around good places to work and shape certainly is a um, a place where everyone wants to work. It's it doesn't even feel like work to be honest. Um, yeah, it's not hard to get up out of bed and go and do your role. So that's positive. But that's my long winded story as to how I became to be working at Shape and um, yeah, enjoying it. That, I wasn't expecting that. That was that was a really good story. Do you think many other people, when when the earthquakes happened, had that kind of epiphany like yourselves? I think so. I, and a lot of my family, my parents still live in in New Zealand, and my siblings at the time, um, my sister lived in um, in Christchurch, and uh, she was newly married and um, decided that. They, you know, it wasn't for them either. So she, her and her husband um, uplifted and, and moved to Auckland, uh, which is where my eldest brother lives as well. And, you know, he'd set up his life there and was loving it. And uh, her husband got a, a job transfer up to Auckland. And um, I had that option as well. My, my business at the time said, you, we'll relocate you to Auckland if you want. Um, and uh, I sort of thought, oh, if I'm going to relocate my life, I might try another country. Um, and that's, you know, so a lot of people uh, certainly went through that and um, New Zealand's, uh, it's my home, but, you know, and I absolutely love it and miss it, um, you know, but I've sort of created something here now um, and, you know, it'll, the blueprint for the redesign of the city is um, is amazing and I think Christchurch, in, you know, in particular will be one of those cities um, for many years to come as a as a a uh, great place to live, but right now they're still in a in a rebuild phase. Thank you for the story. It was really, really interesting. No problem. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you have ever experienced so far in your career? Um, probably that. Um, making that decision to, um, to let go of something that I loved um, and I guess putting myself out there out of my comfort zone to to um to try something different i think that's been a turning point um in my career i i kind of feel um had i stayed doing what i was doing um in a small family business uh, at the time i probably wouldn't have had the opportunities i had today so um the biggest challenge was making that decision and and um deciding okay i'm ready to just put myself out there and um try something different yeah, absolutely. I agree. When taking <clears throat> risks, it does pay off most of the time mm. if you have the passion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great way of putting it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And since you've been in the construction industry, in your um, short period within it, how would you say that it's actually changed? Uh, I, I guess um, technology is probably one of the things that stands out to me. 
I mean, I've been in the industry now three and a half at Shape and then five at my old employer. So just, you know, compared to most, it's not a long time. So just under 10 years now. And um, technology has, um, I think, played a huge role in, in how um, the industry functions um, and how we deliver our work. Um, and it's amazing to see, you know, some of these things that you can do now, which just seems like old old school techniques. Um, I look back. I look back when my parents built their first house, and there's no way back in those days that you'd ever fathom putting on a set of head you know goggles and be able to you know three D um, walk through um, the the place before it's even built and get visual um, cues on you know what each space is going to look like and what the finished products going to look like. So things like that um, has really changed the way we operate um and even now like yeah you talk to people and um some of the stuff we're using uh, on a number of our projects um with you know 3d walkthroughs and all that sort of thing is just it's just changing forever changing and um you know hologram images and things like that i would never have thought that's something that would ever happen uh, that's like space age stuff that you see when you're a kid on the movies you're like well yeah that'll never happen but um yeah technology has definitely changed and i also think um the importance around sustainability um has definitely become more of a focus as well which is great for our industry um we've still got a long long way to go but i think um Businesses like Shape and many other businesses are actually active in, in trying to change that. Um, and I think also uh, the actual safety um, awareness around um, construction sites and businesses has also um, became become a, a massive focus point um, because at the end of the day, like if I look at Shape as a business where, you know, we, are as- we don't really have any assets um, we don't have buildings. We don't have, um, you know, we, have, we don't have actually any physical assets other than our people. And the biggest thing with Shape is, um, you know, make sure everyone's safe, whether you're on a, a building construction site or you're in an office. Um, and the philosophy is, you know, make sure everyone goes home safely to their family. And um, yeah, it's been really refreshing to see the shift and the importance of safety. Is there anything that you think that we are missing or is there an invention that you think that would assist anything at the moment? That's a very good question and uh, th- I've been thinking about this one and, um, yeah, I-, I wish I knew because if I had the had the invention, I don't think I'd be, you know, working for Shafe. I'd probably be a, a multi-millionaire <laughs> somewhere. But uh, I-, I don't know. I think yeah, it's really hard one to, to put, a, um, uh, put your finger on, but... You know, like I said, you, you kind of look at what's around now um, and, you know, speaking with yourself earlier and, and looking at some of the technology around virtual reality and things like that, it's just mind-blowing and I would never have thought, you know, things like that would be possible. So who knows? Like, I can throw a crazy idea out there and, and you know, in five years' time it could be a reality. But um, I don't know. I, I think things do take time um, to develop and, um, who knows? Teleporting might be a thing one day. You just never know because I'm always time poor. And uh, if I could get from A to B quicker, I would be a very happy person. So, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, <laughs> Star Trek would be really good to you know come about. Yeah. 
If you could choose a different career, what do you think that would be? Uh, career. So um, it's funny when you get older and you've had life experiences, you sort of start to look at life differently. Um, and I think for me, and if I if I knew what I knew now 20 years ago, um, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing. I, I think I would, um, I would certainly... I'd want to develop a life where I'm not bound by um, by where I live. Like I'd, I'd, a job for me, a great job for me would be being able to just do what you do and you could live or do it anywhere, like remotely or, or whatever. And that, that's changing with the way businesses businesses are becoming with flexibility and, and how you can actually operate your role. Unfortunately for my current role, I kind of need to see people and kind of need to be um, around. So... Um, for me, it would be, um, yeah, doing a job, and maybe it might be down the e-commerce route or some sort of online um, online business, but somewhere where I could be remote, sitting on a beach, on my phone, doing business, and not really caring about what's going on, um, and and ha- and creating a, a lifestyle for my family and myself that um, I'm comfortable with, and I can do the things that I want to do. And not have to more along along the philosophy of um, not live to work, work you know, not not work, um, live to work, work to live, um, and yeah, that would be my dream. Yeah, I think that's most people's dream, and especially now with um, the whole COVID situation, that is becoming more of a reality for people. It is. If you could give yourself some uh, advice when you were younger, what do you think that would be? doesn't have to be career related it could be any kind of advice yeah, that's a good question uh, I guess um, touched on it earlier um, you know take calculated risks I think um, you just life's too short to to think you know what if um, and I think you know that would be some advice I'd definitely give my younger self and Always challenge the status quo. I think, um, you know, you know, look at roles that I've had and people I've worked with, and people always think the way they're doing things right now is the is the only way and the best way. Um, and experience sort of shows that there's always another way, and there's probably a better way. So, yeah, challenge the status quo and um, yeah, take take a punt. Well, you've already taken lots of risks and been very <laughs> successful. <laughs> Okay, we've got some um, quick-fire questions, which are a bit fun. So, uh, what's your favourite drink? Favourite drink? Um, I guess most people would, would say an alcoholic beverage, but um, well, I do like having a wine or a beer. My favourite drink is actually kombucha. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a left-field one. Maybe it's a fad at the moment, but um, I actually really like it, and it's, it's uh, something that I'm, you know... Um, even thinking about making my own, starting to brew my own kombucha oh. um, as a bit of a hobby. So yeah, yeah. don't know. How do, you, how do you do that? I have no idea. Uh, that, that's the beauty of Google. Um, I'll figure it out. But it, yeah, it's something that I was thinking about um, maybe kicking off as a bit of a bit of a goal and a bit of a, something I want to do next year. Um, yeah, keep keep me occupied and um, yeah. You'll have to let us know how it goes. <laughs> I will. I'll bring a brew in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> um, 
And what would you say your favourite meal is to either go out and have or something that you make? Um, I guess I'm supposed to say my mother's home-cooked meal. Um, she'll probably shoot me if I didn't, but although mum's cooking is great and um, it's always dangerous going back home to see her and, and dad and, and uh, getting her food. But I actually really – I went on a um, a pizza cooking uh, school class thing a few years ago over here. Uh, really cool experience. And a little Italian man and his wife ran this um, catering business and they, you, you know, they have an Italian cooking school. It's actually out at Rath Downey, I think, from memory. And um, – Really cool location, and they teach you how to make pizza, proper pizza, and pizza dough from scratch. Um, and absolutely, from this day, like I still have the recipe, and every year we we have a um, a pizza day um, out at um, my fiance's farm, parents' farm, and we we get a pizza oven, and um, yeah, it's just something about pizza's awesome. It's, it hits all the all the all the um, all the spots from you know sweet, savoury, and well, that's probably not great for you. It's uh, it's a fun dish to make and eat, and uh, it's it's one of those foods that's um, you know very social. Uh, people can just sit around and have bits of pizza, and yeah, people create their own as well. So, what you like is probably totally different to what I like. So, uh, I just think it's a yeah awesome food. Yeah, and w- when it comes to pizza dough, that if it's not the best. Um, it, you have to have the best kind of flour. You need to knead it the right way, and there's nothing better than a traditional Italian base. Absolutely, and I always thought, oh, you know, um, oh, pizza, yeah, Pizza Hut and Domino's are the best, and no. it's like, uh, <laughs> nah, it's it's, um, it's not until you make your own and you can respect. Okay, this is what a pizza is meant to be like, and I always thought, you know, you throw your toppings on, you chuck a, a bundle of cheese on the top, and happy days and it's actually quite the opposite. Um, cheese goes on first, apparently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's a it's a great great dish. Love it. And where would you say your favourite places in the world and why? Uh, good question. Um, I've done a little bit of travelling, um, uh, Asia, and uh, I lived in Europe um, and prior to prior to actually. Um, Doing what I did in New Zealand, I was actually a, a ski coach, um, travelled the world, um, ski coaching in Japan, Europe and New Zealand. So I saw a little bit, worked as well and um, I loved it all. I love, I really loved um, Asia and Japan's got a, um, a special place for me. It's, um, it's uh, such an old um, country with so much history and the people are amazing. Um, I love it but I can't. Look past my own country. Uh, New Zealand is um, is very unique, and uh, there's a place in New Zealand that is my pipeline dream. I'll one day I'll be moving back there. Um, a place called Wanaka, which is um, if you know it, it's it's on the South Island, um, about an hour from Queenstown, and it's just it's just a place where um, it's so quiet. There's a um, beautiful lake. There's ski fields, um, and it's just a yeah, it's just a great spot. Every time I go there, I instantly feel relaxed. So that would be my favourite place um, that I've you know obviously experienced. But I still want to get out there and see other countries. And you know, ask me in ten years' time, maybe I'll have a different answer. But um, yeah, Wanaka in New Zealand is at the moment. 
my favourite. I've never been to New Zealand, um, but I've heard that it's very beautiful. Um, I don't know that place. I'll have to Google it and have a look myself. Definitely uh, look it up. And uh, so what's your favourite sport or game to play or watch? What, what, what's your favourite kind of sport? Uh, being a, a staunch um, Kiwi and uh, you know, rugby's big in New Zealand and you kind of uh, moving to Australia has opened my eyes around um, you know different sporting codes and rugby certainly is number one over here. Um, so absolutely love rugby. Rugby's probably my. F- I used to play rugby, and then I tried to play rugby a few years ago and got beaten up because I'm I'm just not the physique I used to be. And um, so certainly I don't want to play it anymore. I'm happy to, that'd be my number one sport to watch, and my number one st- sport to sort of play um, when I get the time is um, is skiing. Like that's my that is my passion. Um, I do a lot of other sports, but skiing is the probably the one sport where. Um, oh, it's just amazing. There's no better feeling in the world standing on the top of a mountain and just absolutely dead silent, and you're you could be in the you know you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's that yeah, it's just amazing. I just love it. Do you do any skiing here in Australia or? Uh, I haven't. I haven't actually done any here. Um, and it's not that I don't want to. I, I guess um, I just have the. I'm just fortunate that um where my family live in New Zealand it's at the base of a ski field and um, I've been skiing since I was three so it's just really easy for me to jump on a plane fly back to New Zealand stay with mum and dad mum cooks me um, food and you know hang out there for a few weeks and go skiing at the local ski field it's um that is just easy um and it wasn't actually until COVID uh, this year that it sort of um my plans went out the window because uh, I'd like to go back every year and go skiing and obviously I couldn't get back to New Zealand this year because of COVID so I started to look at plan B and plan B was to do a road trip um, down south to the fields here Yep. and it was looking likely and then um, the dates started getting a little bit tight and then the borders were shut and uh, it never happened so who knows I I think one day I'll I'll definitely still want to ski here but uh, yeah, it's just that ease at the moment, unfortunately, of just jumping on a plane and going home. So, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And do you have a favourite celebrity? I, this is a, I don't actually have a favourite celebrity. And um, I'm, I don't know, I've never ever, I look up to, I look up to people and people are, you know, um, who have done amazing things, but I don't really idolise or look up, you know, have a favourite celebrity as such. But um, if I look at people who have, um, I, I guess, been iconic um, throughout the years when I've been growing up um, would have to be um, Sir Edmund Hillary. I don't know if you know who he is, but... Yes, yep, of course. Yep, okay. Um, so he, I think, yeah, he what he did was amazing in the era that he did it with um, the equipment that he would have had um, in those days. And I think what he did was amazing, but it was what he did after it is probably... Uh, more amazing so um yeah his achievement has has certainly um laid a platform for what he can do um and yeah he's just i think he's he's just a legend um yeah i couldn't fathom um i've been up very high mountains myself and um i'm on a pair of skis and i've taken a lift up there and 
yeah, holy moly, it's uh, it's hard to breathe and hard to function sometimes in blizzards um, on mountains that aren't even as high as Everest. And to be able to do what he did, it's just uh, unreal. And uh, do you have something that makes you laugh, a person, a situation, or just something that makes you super happy? Right now, if you, I suppose now I've, I've got a, uh, I've got a beautiful little boy, um, and he's uh, just turned thirteen months old, um, and yeah, I, um, he came into our lives, and I sort of thought at the time, well, this is going to be life changing, and what's it going to be like? And uh, uh, he's just an absolute legend, and I love every moment I spend with him, and um, you know, he, yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's amazing seeing seeing him grow up. Um, some of the mannerisms and the things he does is uh, is pretty funny, and it's um, it's really funny. You look at him and think, "Oh wow, I see so much myself in him." And um, you know, he only talked to my parents, and I say, "Oh, did I did I do this as a kid?" And they're like, "Yep, yep, that's you." Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, he makes me laugh, makes me happy. Um, but I'm a sucker for a um, a good British. Um, you know, comedy and, and things like that. Uh, Which I ones? I don't know if I can say. Uh, it would show my immaturity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I love watching a good good comedy movie. Um, but, yeah, and I guess now that I'm a dad, you know, I have to laugh at my own dad jokes. So, yeah. Yep. Have you got any? Uh, not really. On the top of my head, you've put me on the spot here. Um <laughs> That's okay. Well, that concludes our little podcast. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed yourself. It's been a pleasure, yeah. And uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks very much, Rachel. Mm -hmm.